the biggest thing that I found that helps people break these patterns and sleep, it's, it's really so simple. And this is why it surprised me because it's so simple. It's actually the practice of acceptance. And this is uh, important. A lot of times people think they're in acceptance, but they're thinking they're in acceptance. They're not embodying acceptance. And so embodying acceptance is a, is a visceral experience and it's letting go. So some words around, like I like to use is surrender, let go, uh, embrace. Um, it's the opposite of fight, control, force, will. It's the opposite of that. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotches marmet We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 114 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And before we dive into today's episode, we would love to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. It takes just about two minutes and it really helps us reach more people so others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, family member, or anyone who you think may benefit from this information. We would also love to hear directly from you. So please reach out on our social media or on our website, theartoflivingwell.us, to connect with us and let us know how these conversations are helping you discover your art of living well. And now let's welcome today's guest, Devin Burke. Devin is an international and TEDx speaker, the best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. Devin helps high achievers and exhausted insomniacs get and stay asleep so they can wake up with more peace, power, and presence. He was named one of the top 25 health coaches in America, and he has studied innovative, holistic coaching methods from some of the world's top health and human performance experts for over a decade. As a speaker and coach, he has inspired thousands of people to open their eyes to what is possible through creating new sleep, health, performance, habits, and routines. We so enjoyed this conversation with Devin as both Stephanie and I think sleep is so incredibly important to your health and well-being, and so many people don't make sleep a priority. So we really dove into this. We talked about why sleep is important, you know, what are some keys to getting amazing sleep? How can getting amazing sleep actually impact your quality of life and some of the science behind this? We talked about um, both the high achievers and the exhausted insomniacs and some strategies for both of these types of individuals. 
We discussed stress and the link between stress and sleep and how mastering and releasing stress can really impact your quality of sleep. And then we dove into Devin's Sleep Science Academy and we discussed his best-selling book, The Sleep Advantage. And we're so excited to share this episode with you today. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Thrive Chiropractic. I was first introduced to Thrive Chiropractic over five years ago for kinesiology-based food sensitivity testing. I was so amazed by this non-invasive and inexpensive technique that I took my son to have testing done, which confirmed some of his food sensitivities. Both my son and I now have regular tune-ups, and even my leery husband has felt the immense benefits from receiving chiropractic care, including cupping. With over 25 years of clinical experience, the doctors at Thrive Chiropractic, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota, combine their passion for wellness with a strong expertise in effective treatment approaches. When you first come to Thrive Chiropractic, the doctors are focused on helping you feel better as soon as possible and they recognize that one type of treatment or technique does not work for everyone. Your comprehensive exam, personal goals, and individual concerns help the doctors tailor your custom treatment plan for maximum results. Thrive Chiropractic's integrative approach offers holistic and effective healthcare with a full spectrum of complementary products and services, including acupuncture, massage, food sensitivity testing, CBD, and premium supplements. As a special offer, Thrive Chiropractic would like to invite listeners of our podcast to experience the gift of health with a $25 new patient visit, which includes the initial consultation, a comprehensive exam, any necessary x-rays, and first adjustment. Simply visit the website at www.thrivechiromn.com or call 952-746-5612 and reference the Arts of Living Well podcast. When you're seeking effective, non-invasive treatment approaches to support your health goals, let Thrive Chiropractic be your partner in wellness. Call or book online today. Hi, Devin. We are so excited that we connected with you online. Stephanie and I are both huge proponents of sleep, and we have been wanting to have a sleep specialist on for a while now. And so we can in fact say that, you know, we all agree that sleep is one of the major necessities and we are so excited to dive into this topic with you. And we also just want to mention that we are all three IIN grads, which is really exciting and cool as well. So um, everyone has a story and we would love to hear your journey, including how you changed career paths while on a backpacking trip, and you eventually became a sleep specialist and then went on to found the Sleep Science Academy. Yeah, um, so I'll give you the the short version of a longer story. Um, But yeah, so I I actually was going to become a doctor of physical therapy. And uh, like you mentioned, I went on a backpack trip had some time, a couple of months to really kind of think about my life and what I wanted and all, all the things. And I realized when I got back from that trip, I was like, you know, that's great helping people heal their, their body, bodies physically. But I, I felt like I had more that I wanted to give. And then I actually met, met a IAN health coach who was working with one of my clients and she had this big transformation. And I was like, what, what were you doing? And she said, oh, I, I work with a health coach. And I had no idea what health coaching was. I didn't know that it was even a thing. 
And so she started telling me about IIN and I said, wow, this is like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I, you know, it's a holistic approach to wellness. Um, so anyway, that led me into doing that program and then a number of other programs um, in regards to mindset and psychology and all these different, let's just call it mind body technologies. And then I started to really coach high performing entrepreneurs, people that were leading organizations that were also leading families. Um, and one particular person I was working with had sleep issues. I never studied sleep. They didn't really cover that curriculum in IIN. Uh, and so the more I studied about sleep to try to help this person, the more fascinated I got, the more interested I got. And so that led me down a whole series of getting certifications in sleep science and and really starting to look at what was available for people who don't sleep well. And what I discovered was there's not a lot available for people who don't sleep well. There's sleeping medications and there's something called CBTI or cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And all the things that I had studied up until that point, I said, hmm, I think that I might be able to help people in a, in a, in a more holistic way um, with this specific challenge. And so long story short, I, I helped this particular client. And then I said, well, if I can help one person, then I can help thousands or millions of people. And that led me to found Sleep Science Academy and, and you know, all the things that I'm, that I'm up to today. That's awesome. And I, I actually looked at your list. I think it's on your website, the list of all the certifications you did. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I, I want to go through some of these programs. It was a pretty uh -huh. impressive list. I, I can, I was talking to, I, I am a big believer in investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, I was, uh, I was just out in LA and I met with my business coach who lives out in Beverly Hills. And we were just talking about, you know, the investing in yourself. And she's someone that also has invested in herself over the last decade. And then what that has led to in her life. And I was adding up like the financial aspect of all these investments. And I was like, wow, this is a lot, um, but it's so worth it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you learn and you're surrounded by people that are experts at what they do, it accelerates your, your growth and, and you don't have to, it's, it makes it so much easier. Like I tell people all the time, it's so worth investing in trying to solve a problem with an expert that knows how to solve that problem, because it's going to cut the time to solve the problem. You don't have to go and, you know, do all of the things you can just invest in someone that's already done that. And they can take you there a lot quicker and with a lot more ease. I couldn't agree oh my gosh. more. Yeah, <laughs> we're both huge proponents of. I mean, I'm a forever student, so I was yeah. pretty excited about the list on your site, so I could go check out a bunch of programs. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be happy to, to talk about any one of them because they. It's a, uh, you know, it, it, again, there's there's so much in the field of health and wellness and personal development and mindset, and it's all related you know, everything is interconnected. You know, it's, it's always funny to me how people try to like separate things out. And it's like, you can't like okay. your sleep is connected to your day. Your day is connected to your sleep. You're not two separate things. Like, you know, what you put in your body, what you put on your body, all these things affect our, our minds, our, our, our minds, our, our relationships, everything's connected. Um, which is one of, you know, so great about IAN and that curriculum is really, they tie in a lot of how everything in our lives impacts our health and how our health impacts everything in our lives. I mean, it's, it's so true. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we couldn't agree more. So I'm just curious, before we dive in and talk more about sleep, have you had sleep issues? Like you, you, you had this client, which was your catalyst to start exploring and diving deeper, but have you yourself experienced any you know, issues with sleep or struggles along the way? No, I, you know, it's <laughs> growing up, my, my family used to call me narco, like short for narcoleptic, because <laughs> I would be, I'm like a pro sleeper. Like, and, and, and I, I, I might, I actually might be narcoleptic. I don't know. I just met a, uh, someone that has narcolepsy in, in California. Like, yeah, you, you might, you actually might be narcoleptic. I'm like, wait, what? Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm a great sleeper. Um, and you know, my interest in sleep was really just really was the catalyst with someone else's pain. It wasn't my own pain, but I'm a very curious person and I love solving problems. And so that's really kind of what led me to to really dive into sleep, but I'm a, I'm a great sleeper. Yeah. Awesome. So let's just dive in. Why do you think most people have issues with sleep? One word stress. So, and, and it really is, it's different forms of stress. So there's, you know, mental, emotional stress, there's physical stress. Um, and, you know, so both affect sleep really. And, you know, technology is creating a lot of mental, emotional stress. So, which then leads to physical stress. So, you know, blue light from our devices, hyper arousal from all the social media and all these crazy TV shows that are on Netflix that people binge watch, um, you know, the pandemic, yeah, it, you know, everyone's life was stressful before a pandemic. And then you throw a pandemic on top of, you know, trying to run a family, trying to run a business or try to excel in your career or whatever it is that you're doing. It's like, the body can only take so much stress before there's a disorder or a dis-ease. And, you know, so most people take their stress from their day into their night and that's why they can't sleep. Mm -hmm. You, you brought that down so easily for people to understand. And I think that's so true. So, you know, if people are having issues because of stress, why, what can they do? Why is sleep so important? Why is it the foundation of health? Yeah. So, well, here's the thing, you know, so it's sleep and stress are bi-directionally linked, meaning when you're more stressed, you're, you're, you're going to sleep worse. When you sleep worse, you're more stressed. So (laughs) there, that this is the, the vicious paradox that happens. So we have this a stressful mind, a stressful body. We, we, don't, we don't have the tools or the support to sort of process uh, repressed emotions or deal with micro traumas or macro traumas. And, and so then we're taking those things into the night. We're not sleeping well. And then the body, when we don't sleep well, the body actually, it's, it's in a form of, it's a stress to the body. So cortisol goes up, right? Cortisol is a stress hormone. And, you know, it's, Naturally, it rises in the morning, which is healthy, but we want it, it should look like a roller coaster, your cortisol levels, not just like a a roller coaster going up to the peak. And with all the stress from not sleeping well, that affects that cortisol level. And then people have this chronic stress throughout the day, the cortisol doesn't dip and then it takes it right into the night again. And then here's, here's the paradox that people find themselves on. So understanding first and foremost, creating some awareness around what's creating stress in your life is, is the beginning of sleeping better. 
it's where are you creating stress? Where, what is the self-chosen stressors that you have in your life? Starting with those, then putting in place some practices, some tools, techniques, uh, behavioral change to mitigate that stress, mental, emotional, and physical stress. And then you can really start to see a difference in your sleep. So really our, what we do throughout the entire day affects our night. And it's, if you go throughout your entire day and then expect that your mind is going to be calm and, and ready to sleep, like a light switch, it's just, it's not realistic. That's not, we're not computers. It, you know, we don't just shut off. You can't just reboot. It takes, you know, it takes time. It takes space. It takes intention. It takes behavioral change um, to really offset those charges that get built up because of the, the world that we live in and the things that we're doing. And I love how you're addressing that, like during the day, because I think so many times, and this is, you know, Marty and I talk about sleep all the time with clients and, um, you know, on this podcast, but if you just focus on like the hour before you go to bed and like having a dark room and making it be cool and maybe even not having screens an hour before bed, like, and you discount the rest of your day, you're not just going to be able to go lie down and have your head hit the pillow 10 minutes later, you're sleeping and you're getting all the great deep sleep that you need. Right. Um, and so sometimes people wonder why, oh, but I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing this at the end of the day. So what, can you take us back through like what, you know, even talking about some of the tips and tools and techniques that you need to really have in place during the day so that you can really master releasing the stress that will impact your ability to get a quality night's sleep? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to start with what you just said that was really important. So sleep, what we call in sleep, sleep hygiene and sleep science is sort of that last hour sort of before bed. And what people don't realize is sleep hygiene is for sleep quality. It doesn't help with insomnia. And most people don't even realize that they have insomnia. Insomnia is either there's two types of insomnia. There's onset or maintenance insomnia. Onset is trouble getting to sleep. Maintenance is trouble staying asleep. And so most people don't even understand that first and foremost, they, they would clinically be diagnosed, diagnosed with insomnia. Um, so sleep hygiene is really for quality of sleep. It's really for, it's not for, it doesn't solve insomnia. So let me start off by saying that. Now, some of the tools and techniques that you can do throughout the day to help with issues falling, initiating sleep, or also if you do end up waking up in the middle of the night, is, is actually take, creating space and taking breaks. One of the biggest mistakes people I see people make, and we do work with a lot of high-performing entrepreneurs, a lot of uh, people that are very busy, um, is they don't take enough breaks. They, they go from one meeting to another meeting. They, they, they go from one thing to the next thing. There's not space. And what happens is our bodies pick up uh, tension or stress. And sometimes if you're, if you're very kinesthetically aware, you can start to feel where you hold that tension and stress. It could be in your jaw, it could be in your neck, it could be in your back, shoulders. Um, so just creating body awareness and starting to understand where you hold tension in your body throughout the day and beginning to intentionally do things to release that tension will then allow your body, there's not so much tension and tightness to release at the end of the day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So body awareness is definitely an important aspect, um, making sure that you're, you know, really simple things like what's good for your health is also good for your sleep, staying hydrated, making sure that you're not eating too late at night, um, 
making sure that you are, you know, doing things throughout the day that are expansive. And an example of that, something that would be, you know, contractive is if you're really focusing on something. So focusing on something, it's, it's like a contraction, even if it's something that you enjoy doing, you want to make sure that you then have something that opens up the expansion. So that could be, yeah, yeah stretching. <laughs> yeah, that could be open your arms. That could be going outside breathing. That could be laughing. That could be playing with your dog, your kids. Um, you know, just getting connected back to your humanity. Um, you know, anything that's going to, you know, feel light is, is something that you want to connect to throughout your day. And you want to, it should be scheduled. So um, I'm a big believer also in mindfulness and awareness training. So having a, like a practice where you're actually creating some more body awareness and, and mental awareness about your thoughts. So that can come in the form of a lot of different forms. Um, but practicing mindfulness, having an intentional practice. I mean, it, and there's a lot of studies that actually do show that having a practice like mindfulness is extremely beneficial just for sleep. Um, but it's beneficial for, for life in general, right? Because you become more conscious, you become more aware of your thoughts, you become, you're, you're less reactive. And, and then that, when you're less reactive, then there's less tension and stress between your relationships, right? You think clear, you make better decisions. And then you're with those better decisions and that clarity, there's less stress. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a lot, I'm going to slow down and, and take a, take a sip of water, but here are some of the things. Yeah. Um, Well, those are great, fantastic tips. Um, And I, I'm thinking about, I listened to you on another podcast and you were talking about how there's kind of these three different groups of people. And I very much could relate to when you were saying that I, my husband actually is one of those people that doesn't prioritize sleep and he doesn't think he needs a lot of sleep. And he just is like, oh, I, I only need five to six hours. And, you know, he's, he's, um, his mind is going all the time, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like on the other end of the spectrum where I always am prioritizing my sleep. I love sleep. I don't have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Can you kind of talk about those three different types of people and how, you know, sleep is very personalized to the individual, right? There's no like one size fits all. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of things around this. So first, you know, the one size fits all thing there absolutely isn't, you know, most people need between seven and nine hours. Some people actually can get away with less that there is a very small portion of the population that have a a genetic adaptation on the, it's their P E R three gene that allows them actually to get less sleep. And most people wish that they had this sort of gift. Most people don't, um, and so, but there is, there are people in the world that do need less than, you know, seven hours and they're, they're fine. Um, so then we have our unique chronobiology. So this is, we come into the world with a set of genes. Those genes affect our sleep. So there's the morning, you know, morning people, the evening people will just, you know, night owls. There's a whole different uh, set of chronotypes. Dr. Michael Bruce wrote an amazing book called The Power of When. He talks about these uh, four different chronotypes that he's identified, a dolphin, a bear, a lion, and a wolf. Um, and so there's our chronobiology. And then there's these underlying sort of personality patterns, let's call it. 
And I've identified three, I call them the three P's. So the three P's are perfectionism, problem solver, and pedestal. And these are the, so people put sleep on a pedestal and they try to, you know, if they don't get sleep, then life is terrible. And this is the hardest one to solve for people because it's true. It deserves to be on a pedestal, but people that put it on a pedestal creates pressure around sleep and that creates anxiety and anxiety is not something that we want to connect to sleep, right? <laughs> then there's the people, the problem solvers, they treat sleep like it's a problem and they try to solve it like it's a problem. Sleep's never the problem. It's a symptom. And then there's the perfectionism. And this is another aspect where people get caught up in where they're trying to perfect their sleep. Now, Marty, I don't think your husband has those three P's, but the people that have challenges with their sleep mostly do have one or all three of those P's. Then there's people that don't prioritize their sleep. Um, and that's a whole other ball game. And that's really, that is because society sees sleep as a weak habit of low performers society, you know, you snooze, you lose, you see, it's like, we're programmed to think of sleep as a waste of time. So there's a society component to it. And there's also this machismo thing. Like I don't need to sleep. You know, it's like, I operate fine on sleep. And again, there is a small amount of people that that's true for. Um, but most people just don't realize that if they were just prioritizing it, they actually would feel better and get more done. And that takes actually experimenting with improving your sleep to see how valuable it actually is when you do. And I think to your point, I mean, and I grew up in a, my former career, you wore lack of sleep, like a badge of honor. How late were you up working? How many hours did you bill? All those things. So I get that. And I think you're just running that cycle for so long. You don't even realize that you need more sleep because you haven't given yourself time to rest. Um, and then, you know, I think what unfortunately happens is then some disease sets in maybe, or some Ill, you know, illness or just some symptom that then causes you to like wake up and maybe start to prioritize it. But that's, that's hard. I think that's, you're right. Yeah. That is super hard for people. One way is what I find is when people really understand some of the science around what a lack of sleep actually creates, it sometimes scares them enough to then prioritize and protect it. And a, and a great book, uh, Matt Walker has a great yes. book, Why We Sleep. It, I love it, that it, book. Yeah. It, now he, create, he has done amazing things in the sleep science world. And he's also created a lot of insomniacs uh, in the process, which now he's a lot more gentler on his um, media appearances with, with sort of some of these, because because the truth, I mean, what he wrote in that book is, is science and there's truth to it. And sometimes- there's people that are not sleeping and read that and then they have more anxiety about it and it makes it worse. But really Matt, I think wrote that book to wake society up, pun intended to, you know, how important it is to prioritize sleep. And, and so it's, you know, reading that and understanding how it's connected to dementia, how it's connected to Alzheimer's, how it's connected to heart disease, diabetes, um, how it's connected to all these things, car crashes. And you can really start to see, okay, well, this is something that, wow, this, there's something here. Um, and I better start to pay attention to it. And it's something we do a third of our lives, you know? Right. So it's like, why not learn about how to make that one third of your life better to make the two thirds of your life extraordinary? I love that. I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's yeah. funny, Marnie and I have talked about this as parents, 
we're really focused. I mean, a lot of parents are very focused when they have newborns, you know, on sleep for the baby, partially because that's when the parents get to sleep. So if the baby's not sleeping, the parents aren't sleeping and it's a whole vicious cycle. But I read, I had never read a single book on sleep and I wasn't getting sleep before having kids. You know, I mean, I was sleeping, but I was also working a lot. And then I focused, I was reading all these baby books and I learned about that from an infant standpoint and their brain development. But I never really took it a step further to focus on myself for many, many years later, which is kind of funny. Like at the time when I was reading those books, Martin, I don't know if you were, but I, I thought my sleep was fine, I guess. And so I didn't focus on it. So, and I was always, I would say from the time I was a teenager, I've always been like, I realized at a young age that I needed sleep and that I performed better when I got sleep. I was one of those kids that like, didn't stay up super late. Um, But my teenagers are very different. They follow my husband more, which drives me batty. But anyway, hopefully they'll learn at some point. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, kids and sleep is, is, is an, is a fun topic to talk about. I get asked this a lot, like, Hey, like, what do I do? Like my, I'm not a baby sleep coach. There are some amazing baby sleep coaches out there. Um, I, my advice really for people that are having issues because their child isn't sleeping is number one, it probably is a good idea to hire a baby sleep coach, but just really to just expect that for the next like couple of years, your sleep is going to be a little rocky and not fight it. Um, because it, it's, it's a time of life where it's like, yeah, you're, you know, it's like, what do you expect? You know, you're waking up and breastfeeding and it's like, of course there's going to yeah. be some sleep challenges. Right. The trick is, and we do get people that come through our programs, um, our insomnia programs that their babies were having issues or their kids were having issues sleeping. And then that works itself out, but their sleep doesn't work itself out and they continue right. to actually, and so the, you know, the solution there is just to, again, to expect that it's going to be challenging and then to, um, you know, to start to put in place some better habits and just know that eventually your body will go to sleep. It knows how to sleep. It's just a matter of getting out of your own, your own head. A lot of times our mind gets in the way of our body doing what it knows how to do. Well, I can relate to what you said with like the perfectionism where you're, or maybe it was the pedestal where you're so focused on, I have to get sleep. I have to go to bed right now because I have to get up at this time. And then that really wrecks havoc with your ability to fall asleep. So, you know, we'd love to dive in and talk about, you know, how you get some of these like high achievers and exhausted insomniacs to get to a point of being able to like fall asleep easily and stay asleep. Yeah. So this is something that really surprised me. The biggest thing that I found that helps people break these patterns and sleep. It's, it's really so simple. And this is why it surprised me because it's so simple. It's actually the practice of acceptance, the practice of acceptance. And this is uh, important. A lot of times people think they're in acceptance, but they're thinking they're in acceptance. They're not embodying acceptance. And so embodying acceptance is a, is a visceral experience and it's letting go. So some words around, like I like to use is surrender, let go, uh, embrace. Um, it's the opposite of fight, control, force, will. It's the opposite of that. And when you can learn how to embody acceptance, meaning whatever the night brings, whether it's a great night of sleep or a terrible night of sleep, and just be okay with that, it actually puts the body in the optimal state to sleep. And this is a practice and it's extremely useful, not only for sleep, but extremely useful for life. 
because so much of our life we are in resistance to. We try to control and force. And when we can let go and actually be just accepting as to what it's the life is presenting to us, it's actually a lot more relaxed. It's a lot more freeing. There's it feels better. Absolutely. And then we're actually able to have these more creative solutions to the challenges of our life versus trying to like force and control. And it's not this way. And we let, we're able to let go of some of the expectations we have um, in our relationships or in our business. But so, so some of the tools and techniques that are so effective for sleep are also extremely effective for, for just life in general. Um, and we have people all the time that go through our programs are like, wow, I didn't realize um, you know, I thought I, this was, I was just going to sleep better from this, but I'm actually, not only am I sleeping better, I'm actually living better. Like my relationship has gotten better. My career has gotten better. Like, um, and it's because these tools are also very, very applicable to, to life um, in general, but acceptance. So acceptance is, is like, and it sounds, it just sounds almost too simple, but really and I, and I, at first, when I really started to learn uh, and practice acceptance for myself before I began to teach about it, um, when you have the experience of just being accepting to what is, whether it's what you like or what you, it's what, what you want or what you like or dislike, regardless of your preferences, if you can just get to a place of just accepting that this is what it is, it's so freeing. Um, and so that's one of the, the, the tools. Um, another tool is really understanding how important your beliefs and thoughts are. So this is a little bit of some cognitive behavioral therapy, um, techniques is really understanding first and foremost, that we're not our thoughts, uh, that thoughts are things and our thinking affects how we feel. So being able to just start to step back and realize that you're not your thoughts. So that's like sort of step one. And then training yourself to become aware of the thoughts that you're having and how those thoughts actually create how you feel. Um, developing some awareness around what thoughts create anxiety, what thoughts create stress, and being able just to let those thoughts be there without judgment and then let them pass is extremely powerful. So we have a whole list in our academy of, of these thoughts that insomniacs have. And the base one that I've identified that most people that have issues sleeping have is it's the thought of, am I going to be able to solve this? Or is something physically wrong with me? Am I broken? But there's 50 other ones. And what's really interesting is when people go through these exercises that we do, people realize that those thoughts are not their thoughts because everyone else that's going through our program is having those same thoughts. So how could they be yours if other people are having the same ones? They're just patterns. Um, and so again, so then understanding, having some awareness around our thoughts, our beliefs, and how our thoughts and beliefs actually affect our physiology is, is really important. And then getting the support to start to reframe, shift the thinking and the beliefs um, and having tools to deal with when those thoughts are coming is, is, extremely helpful for people that have issues with their sleep. Uh, so that's, that's another sort of tool, if you will. Um, that's so amazing. I mean, these are great tips and tools for people to use. And, um, I, 
one question that keeps popping up in my mind as you're kind of talking about all this is I, I personally know a ton of people that use sleep aids, like, you know, whether it's prescribed or I don't know, I've never taken one personally, so I don't know how, I think they're mostly prescribed. Um, do you work with people that are on prescribed sleeping helpers and, you know, help them, I guess, get off of them. And how has that worked? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, and so this is really interesting. So most people are taking that have sleep issues are taking some type of sleeping aid and those sleeping aids can be over the counter or they can be prescriptions. Oftentimes the prescriptions that people take for their sleep, they're taking way too long way too long. The prescriptions for sleep really should be, you know, for a month, maybe at max, but people end up taking them for decades. Um, they have very strong side effects. And then there's two sides to solving this challenge. There's the psychological attachment to what they're taking. And then there's the physiological attachment that actually happens. Um, so both need to be addressed. Now we never tell people what to do with their medications because that's, we're not doctors. So, you know, we, but we, train people and inform people how to have conversations with their doctors around how to start to titrate some, some of off of their medication, if that's what their goals are. Um, but really it's identifying, well, how do we, how do we deal with the mind stuff, which is the attachment of, I need this. And then also how do we trend, how do we help support the body to detox off of some of the, and we have, we have protocols and, and strategies that we do that, that we share with people, um, to help them find, you know, cause it can, some of the, some people are on some very strong drugs like benzodiazepines. I mean, they're really hard to come off. Of. Um, so it's, it's, it's challenging for, for people, but, but we are able to help them. Well, yeah. and what, and I, I always wonder like if a doctor is telling, you know, none of us are doctors here. If their doctor is telling them, okay, it's fine. If you're on this for years, go for it. Like, you know, that's a problem. I really yeah. think, you know, but it's not the doctor's fault. The doctors are doing what the doctors are trained to do. Mm -hmm. um, they're overworked, they're stressed, you know, they're educated by the pharmaceutical companies. Um, the, you know, sleeping prescription aid arena is, you know, billions of dollars. So it, and it's a band-aid. and there, I'm not anti-medication by any means. I think, thank God we have medication. Um, there's a time and a place for anti-anxiety medication, depression medication for sleeping medication. It's just, if it's, it's a, but you have to address the root cause. If you're just yeah. addressing, you know, the, and, and it's also, you know, it's people just want the quick fix too. A lot of people are like, I don't want to do the work. I don't want to, you know, understand my, my mind yeah. and my body. That's <laughs> yes, scary. A lot of That's, people, right? <laughs> yeah. It's scary. I mean, it takes work and it, it yeah. is, it is, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. And we're not, you know, a lot of times people are not willing to, to really do that work or they don't have the proper support, uh, yes. which is something that I'm really passionate about changing. Well, and I think your program obviously gives them that support at least one level, but it's nice to have it from family and your community. So Thinking about sleep aids, what are your thoughts on melatonin and some more like natural sleep aids, if you will? Because my understanding was that, you know, melatonin's fine kind of in the short term, but it's not something to be on forever because then your body's not producing it on its, on its own. But then I've also heard 
oh no, it's fine to be on melatonin a long time. So just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a fan of melatonin for sleep and there's a couple of reasons why. Um, I think melatonin can be used as a, as a supplement for jet lag, but using it as a sleeping aid, I think is, is not ideal one, because it develops the, you develop the belief that you need it in order to sleep, just like you develop a belief that you need ambient or something else in order to sleep, which is, isn't true. Um, so that's one aspect, but also it's a hormone. So our bodies naturally produce melatonin. And so most people don't realize that, you know, in the European union, it's actually, you need a prescription to have melatonin, but over here in the U S it's like, everything has melatonin in it. Like kids gummies have melatonin in it. And it's like, would you be giving your kid a gummy with testosterone and estrogen in it? Probably not. Right. right? So mm-hmm. why are you give? why are we giving our kids, you know, gummies with melatonin in it? I mean, yes, it, it's, you know, but it, melatonin is an amazing antioxidant. So I think there's a place for using melatonin uh, to heal um, strategically and in high doses. And there, I know there are doctors that, that use it very successfully to help people heal from certain diseases. So I think melatonin is, is an incredible supplement, but when we're talking about sleep, it's not ideal. And they did a meta-analysis on melatonin and, and found that it wasn't really effective for, uh, for, for sleep. So interesting. So you, you got to wonder how much of that is maybe a placebo effect effect, because I know so many people that are like, Oh, I, my kids cannot sleep without their melatonin. Uh Yeah. And I mean, it does for sure. It does help people fall asleep, but oftentimes what then happens is they end up waking up. And then again, they develop this, this attachment mentally. And then some, maybe even physiologically to getting this hit of melatonin. Um, which I just, I just can't see that, that it's not, it's not normal. It's not natural. Um, you know, again, what do things to help the natural melatonin production be regular, like get up and see the sun in the morning, watch the sunset. Those things help the melatonin faucet turn on and off, which is, you know, why don't we, we clean up the uh, toxicity of the body, eat less processed foods, you know, um, you know, avoid fluoride and other things that are dangerous in the water that build up in our brains um, so that our body can just do what it knows how to do. Yeah. I love all that. And that's where like some of these like simple tips that you don't need a lot of fancy things, right? Um, Getting outside, spending time in nature, like we talked about regulating your own hormone system and melatonin and cortisol production, right? Um, Which is just uh, so helpful for people. I go, it's simple, not easy, right? But a lot of, for a lot of people, they want some accountability or like, you know, a tool or, you know, even just alerts on your phone that tell you to like shut down for the night and things like that. Cause we haven't really gotten into like screen time and some of those other hindrances that kind of help or that hurt our ability to sleep. Yeah. That's Which a big I- one. Technologies is, is definitely, it's invaded our bedrooms. It's invaded our lives. And the big thing I found it's not so much the blue light from these devices, although that does definitely blunt the melatonin production. There's science to show that. It's actually the hyperarousal that's created in the brain. So when we're sitting down and we're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and we're seeing all these different things, we're getting dopamine and serotonin. All these neurochemicals are being released in our brain. It's hyperarousing the brain. Same with TV shows like Netflix. Like the TV shows are unbelievable. They're as good as movies and they go on for literally, you could watch these shows for days. Um, and, and there it's like you watch an episode and then it goes right to the next episode. So it's like, mm-hmm. they're, they're making it 
the the Sucks CEO. You in. <laughs> it sucks you in. The CEO of Netflix said his competition is sleep. Which is so <laughs> true if you think about yeah. it, right? Like so true. I mean, it goes yeah. right into the next episode. And, yeah. you, and you're like, oh, just one more. Right. And yeah. it's 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 really so you have and you have to have at night, usually is not when we have our most willpower. Willpower is kind of like a muscle, right? You're making these decisions all day, like should I eat the cookie or the salad? Right. And then at the end of the night, you're kind of tired, and like that's when you have the uh, like you don't have your willpower might not be the strongest. And then you're like, ah, just one more show. And then that becomes two shows. Next thing you know, it's like 1am and you're like, oh my God, I need to sleep. And then your brain, your body might be relaxed, but your brain is taking in all this stimulus from the, the, you know, the TV and your brain is active. And so, you know, now you're wired and tired and you're now, and you don't want to go to sleep if you're not sleepy, because then you're just going to toss and turn and stare at the ceiling. And then you're creating hyper arousal and you're anchoring that to your bed and bedroom, which is the opposite of what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's also true. And it's like, you almost have to figure out how to, you know, we don't want to say you can't ever watch Netflix because that's not realistic. So it's like trying to figure out that balance, right? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, so one way is if you have a TV in your bedroom, get it out of the bedroom because it's just like, if you're an alcoholic, you don't go to a bar. If you love <laughs> yeah. TV shows and who doesn't love a good Netflix series, come on. I, you know, I, I definitely have watched my share, um, but I don't have a TV in my bedroom because I, you know, it's like, I also know I'm a sugar, I'm, I'm, I have a sugar tooth. So like, I don't bring mm-hmm. sweets into my house because I'll eat them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yep. so just like knowing yourself and then putting in place some boundaries around, you know, uh, make, make a world of difference for sure. And totally I think too, agree. it's like, you don't want to deprive yourself just like with the sugar or anything else, but set some boundaries. And maybe for some people it's like, okay, I'm going to watch a bunch of Netflix shows and maybe stay up slightly later on the weekend and then allow yourself during the week. Like, no, I'm going to have like a bedtime routine. I'm going to get to bed at a certain time. And, you know, one thing I recently, a couple months ago, got the aura ring and the, all the detail and feedback from that has been super helpful and insightful. Even someone who knows, you know, focuses on sleep and prioritizes it. There are certain things about it and that how like your heart rate variability impacts your sleep and getting the right amount of deep sleep and REM sleep and how quickly you fall asleep, you know, at night, um, all of those stats and metrics even help me even more really focus and prioritize just as another tool out there. That's um, I'm so happy you brought that up. And that's great that you're, you, you know, it's, we can manage what we measure and the aura ring is a yeah. great tool to, to really measure and see, Hey, I had that glass of wine. How did that affect my sleep? Mm. Hey, yeah. I ate that, that, uh, that giant dessert right before bed. How did that affect my sleep? You know, or I watched a bunch of Netflix shows. How did that affect my sleep? So it's, it, it's sort of the, it creates this feedback loop of, tangibility, like, like just going, like if you went for a blood test and you say, Oh, I have high cholesterol. Okay. Medication or change diet, both maybe. Um, but now you have, and you go back and you have some, some, some feedback as to, okay, this is what I'm doing. And this is how, what I did or didn't do affected my sleep. The thing that you're trying to improve. So the aura ring is, that's actually the device we use at sleep science Academy. Um, all my friends and family have aura rings. I wear an aura ring. Uh, it's, I think it's great. The challenge is sometimes is if you're getting this feedback, but you don't know what to do with it. And so I do run into people often that are like, 
my REM sleep or my deep sleep or my sleep efficiency or all this, like I, all it just keeps telling me that I'm sleeping like crap. Right. Yeah. And that's where, again, having some trained professional or program or plan comes into place and, and not just trying to do it by yourself. Uh, feedback's great, but it's, it's only great if you know how to um, use it. Yeah. Yes. You know, absolutely. So changing gears a little bit, Devin, can you share a story of someone you worked with and how your work together impacted their sleep and ultimately their overall quality of life? Yeah. Oh, I have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we, um, but one, one that always sticks out uh, in my mind is um, one of my client Peg. So this, this woman, God bless her heart, sweetest lady um, from the Midwest she had been on sleeping medications for literally over 30 years. They, they were stopped. They stopped working. She was a hairdresser. Um, her hands were shaking. She wasn't able to work. She was having trouble remembering people's names because of a lack of sleep and also the sleeping medication. And so she was literally at her wits end. She was, she felt hopeless. And so she, she decided to take it, take a chance, try one more thing. And we took her through our process and, um, through that process, we were able to help her, um, get off of anxiety and sleeping medication. Her memory came back because she started to sleep better and she was off the medication. Her hands stopped shaking. Um, she got a life back literally like she was on a decline and she totally turned it around and is, you know, and was able to, to get back to work. Her brain function came back. Um, and stories like that, I mean, that's really what motivates me is, is helping people that were, feel like they're hopeless, give, giving them the proper support and the plan to, and the system to then be able to actually get back to living life. Um, and if you're not sleeping well, you're not living life. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. I love hearing stories like that and just the ripple effects that sleep has on it all aspects of your life, like we've been talking about. Um, well, you've peppered it and given it, us, our listeners, so many tips and suggestions. Um, but if there were just like one or two things that people could do that are struggling a little bit with their sleep this week or today, what would you suggest? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, if you have any type of, um, forcing or controlling, or there's any thoughts that you you have that you need something in order to sleep is start to really realize that those thoughts are not true and are not helpful. Then Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would say start to play with and practice, uh, accepting, and this can be challenging if you don't have, you know, support and training on it, but you can, you know, there's YouTube and there's a lot of resources, but start to practice with acceptance and seeing how that affects your sleep. Um, and yeah, and, and get support. I mean, honestly, like, don't try to do it by yourself. A lot of people try to do it by themselves and it's like, you don't have to. And, um, so that's where I would say, I would say if, if you have a belief that you need to do something in order to sleep, start to shift that belief, practice acceptance and then, and get support if you need it. And in terms of support, you have this wonderful Sleep Science Academy, right? So I don't know if you want to just very quickly talk about that. Yeah, so Sleep Science Academy, um, we support people all over the United States, in some cases the world, 
Um, we have a step-by-step -step process and a system that supports people uh, mentally and physically and then environmentally to restore their natural sleep cycles. So it's coaching paired with uh, online education and technology. And um, yeah, we get amazing results for people that are willing and committed to actually doing the work. Awesome. And so can you just tell us, and we'll link it all up in the show notes where people can find you, like your website, Instagram. Yeah. So um, I am back on Instagram. I was, I took a, like a year off of posting on social media, uh, just a little experiment and um, I'm back Good on though. So, so yeah, so Devin Burke wellness, all the social stuff, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, and then sleep science Academy is, is where people, you know, want more sleep tips. Um, YouTube also, uh, Devin Burke wellness and sleep science Academy. We, I put quite a bit of content out on, uh, on YouTube be doing more of that this year. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where people can connect. Amazing. And we'll link all this up in the show notes. Um, so Devin, as we wrap up this conversation, what does the art of living well mean to you? Uh, I love this question. The art of living well means to me, it's, it's living in harmony with, with balance, living in honoring rest and rhythm. Um, the art of living well means, putting yourself first, because if you're not putting yourself first, you're not going to be able to, to be there for the people that need you the most. Um, and the art of living well, I would say also means getting connected to nature. I, I love, I love this response. It's our favorite question to ask all of our guests. And I think you summed it up really well. I know Marnie and I uh, couldn't agree more. So thank you so much, Devin, for coming on our show today. It's been super enlightening. And um, I know our listeners are going to find this extremely valuable as well. Thanks for having me. It was a fun yeah. conversation. Yeah. And have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.